emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. What up, everybody? It's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody. This is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemeth. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio Show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into the... And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmin. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmin's.
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hey guys, so very excited that you've tuned in to another Tuesday edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. want to first start off by saying happy Memorial Day to everybody. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I know I did, enjoying this beautiful weather, getting out by barbecuing on the grill, putting a few steaks on, ribs and chicken and salmon. And I mean, we had a feast on yesterday. I hope you did as well. So uh, we just want to again start off by saying happy Memorial Day to everyone. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's show. We've got a great show in store for you. But before we get into any of that, I want to share with you an event that's coming up uh, this coming Monday, June the 1st. Guys, it's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be our next listener event called the, the State of Christian Hip Hop. That's right. The State of Christian Hip Hop. This event is going to be epic. It's going to be live streamed on our newly rebranded YouTube channel, Um Thinking Out Loud TV And this is going to be a panel Of some of the genre's Best and brightest voices That are going to be chiming in And talking about and discussing The evolution of this growing uh, Genre Christian hip hop So very excited to be hosting this event And uh, on next uh, two, uh, next Monday June the 1st But also sharing this platform With a good friend of ours uh, Poet and lyricist Sky Ty Scott King. She's been on the show with us before. She's going to be co-hosting this with us. And we have uh, an, another talented slate of artists that are going to be on the panel sharing their thoughts about uh, this growing uh, genre of uh, music, uh, starting with, uh, you know, well-known uh, CHH rapper Dice Gamble, uh, Epic. Uh, good son uh, He's been on the show before With us as well B-Rutt who's been on the show with us before Double ATL He's um uh, one of Ty Scott King's uh, acquaintances and friends, and he's going to be on with us. Uh, CEO of Christ, of a Christian nightclub, uh, Steph Swig, is going to be on the show with us as well. So, guys, we got a dynamic, a powerful event coming up, and we want you to be a part of it. And uh, to add an extra incentive uh, for you to be a part of it, we're going to be making a big announcement as well during uh, that show on this coming. Monday, June the 1st at 8 p.m. Again, it's going to be live streamed on our YouTube channel, Thinking Out Loud TV. We've already posted the flyer on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. Do us a favor, guys, and we want you to share this flyer all over social media. Uh, we've posted on our Instagram and Twitter pages as well. Uh, if, you, if you're not following us already, follow us at TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, like our fan page at thinking uh, Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out out loud radio sh radio show uh go to our youtube channel and subscribe youtube.com forward slash thinking out loud tv we've got a lot, a lot of 
great things going on and this event is going to be epic this is one you do not want to miss if you're a fan of Christian hip hop you're a fan of good music period you need to be a part of this event these are some very talented individuals and I just can't wait to talk about everything from cross movement to Kanye from Lecrae to Wande we're going to be doing it all next Monday June the 1st at 8pm on our newly rebranded Thinking Out Loud TV YouTube channel guys so don't miss this event again the state of Christian hip hop is all going down next Monday June the 1st at 8pm you don't want to miss it And during tonight's show, guys, again, we have a great show in store for you. So we're going to be talking about a couple of different things on tonight. A few of a few different things, actually, uh, during tonight's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, uh, former Vice President Biden's recent remarks in his interview with Charlemagne the God over the weekend. Um, you ain't black remarks. And why is everyone in an uproar? We're going to be talking about that, sharing with you our perspective of it as well as sharing with you uh, another voice of reason uh, someone that I follow on social media and I think you should as well we're going to be sharing with you more about this individual uh, in just a little bit but again we finally have a voice of reason chiming in about not just this comment but about what we all should be thinking about as a community in November so can't wait to share that with you and also we're going to be talking about uh, your President Donald Trump or Donald Trump's comments about the reopening of the houses of worship across the country and how he is demanding or demanded that they be open uh, and uh, and that our country is in need of prayer. And that's certainly something we, we agree on and agree with. But uh, it looks like he decided to do something a little bit different uh, on uh, this coming on this past Sunday uh, as he's requiring and, re and demanding that the houses of worship be open. We're going to be talking about uh, what he decided to do uh, on Sunday instead of going to church, as he's saying everyone else should. So can't wait to share that with you as well. And then we're going to be rounding out the three topics for tonight. By sharing with you a blog that we just that we just recently wrote entitled "Lessons from the Last Dance," I'm sure those that are listening on tonight are, are familiar with uh, this ten-part documentary that uh, we've been talking about in the past few shows, uh, dealing with uh, uh, the uh, 1998 uh, uh, championship run by the the. Um, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and uh, this was uh, documented by ESPN, and it started um, you know, a few weeks ago, ran five weeks, ten episodes, so we're going to be sharing with you some of our uh, takeaways from this uh, epic documentary called The Last Dance, Lessons from the Last Dance, so guys, uh, I can't wait to share that with you as well. 
And we're going to do something a little bit different on tonight as we normally do. We have a dynamic and powerful thought of the week to close out each and every show to give you something inspiring and thought provoking uh, to think about as we close every show. But in the spirit of Memorial Day, and I know everybody's probably still full off of the great meals that they've had uh, celebrating and rem- remembering uh, the the uh, you know veterans uh, that uh, gave their lives uh, on yesterday on Memorial Day. We want to uh, switch things up a bit, and we're going to have a comedic thought of the week on tonight's show. That's right, guys. We follow a funny comedian, Alton Walker, on Instagram. Is uh, his uh, uh, is at Alton Walker Show. Uh, he, he did a very funny, funny uh, Instagram uh, video called uh, "Is Your Food Good?" It's a sermon that he preached. A sermonette. We're going to be sharing with you <laughs> that sermonette during tonight's show. Is your food good? I hope everybody's food was good on yesterday. But uh, he's going to give us some ideas on uh, what kind of food that. Uh, some folks had on yesterday. Uh, we're going to close tonight's show with that funny thought of the week. Well, guys, we've got a great show in store for you on tonight. Remember to follow us on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show and on Twitter and Instagram at TOL radio host MSN or TOL radio show or uh, on our newly rebranded YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash thinking out loud TV. Guys, we got a lot going on, so we want you to follow us and keep in touch with us. Add us uh, at TOL Radio Host MSN, or you can leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud official show page at michaelnemons.com. Or if you want to drop us a line, drop us a line at contact at michaelnemons.com. We would love to hear from you we're getting ready to take our first break of the night but when we come back we're getting into the you ain't black remarks uh by former vice president joe biden you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back you're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. 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 
Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. I want to ask you about your, your, your running mate. Um, I don't know if you saw... Well, I saw the day that a news report broke that uh, Amy Klobuchar was being vetted, and a lot of people on social media, they're not too happy about that. And um, it's because they want your running mate to be a black woman. I don't know if you saw the op-ed in the Washington Post by some of the leading black women voices in this country, and they feel since black women are such a loyal voting block, and black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you, and one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. Well, you know, Thank you so much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You know, I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at 6 o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. All right, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, thanks. I will come back. All right. I look please. forward to seeing you in person. Okay, absolutely. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot. I thank appreciate you. it, man. Well, guys, we are back, and as promised, we're kicking off this segment talking about the You Ain't Black uh, recent remarks made by former Vice President Joe Biden that has uh, basically taken the Internet by storm in a recent interview with um, Hot 97 uh, Breakfast Club host Charlemagne the God uh, He is interviewing Former Vice President Joe Biden We played the uh, comments to start the segment And um, and so uh, Vice President Biden Said in so many words that If you're still considering Trump uh, You know And you're in the, the black community You ain't black And of course there are a lot of people That are offended by those comments and I wanted to um, talk about it tonight, but before I share with you what I believe, um, you know, and, 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 and 
my thoughts on what was said. Uh, there are some very notable individuals that have chimed in about it. I want to give uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, I uh, want you to hear his comments that were recently made in response to uh, former Vice President's comments, the You Ain't Black remarks. Take a listen. Hello, hello, how are you? Hello, Reverend Jackson, how are you doing this evening? Well, let's just jump right into it. I know, um, I'm sure you want to issue a statement about former Vice President Joe Biden and his statement today. How do you want to even begin this conversation with what he said? He's just wrong. Uh, I mean, Colin Powell is a Republican, Senator Scott is a Republican, who lives there by the race. I mean, I have 13, 14 members of a Republican, not this crowd, but so we can't afford these people trap blindly to one party. So, um, Reverend Jackson was saying, in, a, in, in, in essence, that, you know, they were irresponsible comments and that uh, there are some bright and intelligent black people on the other side of the aisle, Republicans who vote for voted for Donald Trump, most notably Colin Powell. Uh, Reverend Jackson was saying was that the comments you shouldn't generalize in so many words that all black people are going to vote for or have voted for Democrats in the past and that they're going to continue to do so. But um, I want to say that uh, I am not in agreement with, uh, you know, those who are, you know, uproariously uh, against what Joe Biden has said, because I, I believe there is some truth to that statement as well. Um, you know, I think that and this is what I posted on my uh, Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. If you want to read these comments yourself, you can go there at Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, but I I, um, I really felt like this was an overreaction uh, to comments that were made. Of course, my problem was not necessarily with the remarks themselves, but with the tone of the remarks that were made. I wrote that, uh, you know, here's what I think happened. Biden made a poor attempt at being folksy during an interview when he needed to be honest and genuine. Black people do not need a mascot to rally behind. They need an honest, genuine candidate that will be straightforward with us about what his plans are for our community. It would have been even better, in my opinion, if Biden would have just been himself as he is on most of his nationally televised interviews instead of trying to banter with Charlemagne about his record and what black folks ain't if they decide to vote for Trump. I'm more concerned about the tone of his remarks instead of the remarks themselves, which leads me to believe on some level Biden thought because this was black media that he needed to shuck and jive with the commentator instead of having a substantive conversation about the real challenges facing the black community and how he plans to help. That we do not need. Let's be clear, family. If you are black and you're considering Trump over Biden this late in the game, something is wrong with you. And I stand by those comments. I do. Because Trump has um, has um, been unapologetically bad at his job. And 
he continues to uh, fly in the face of criticism from both sides of the aisle uh, when it comes to doing his job and how to do it better. Uh, this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, lies squarely at the at his feet. Over a hundred thousand deaths uh, have been accounted for, um, and um, it's and it's primarily because of how this administration has boggled of uh, this uh, this pandemic. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you know you should not be voting for. Donald Trump if you are an African American. This man is uh, clearly racist on a number of different fronts. Uh, so so Joe Biden, in, in my in my opinion, was really just stating the obvious. The problem for me, again, was uh, the tone of the interview. We didn't play the entire interview for you, but throughout the interview, um, Joe Biden sounded very folksy and, and very... Um, I don't want to say condescending to Charlemagne because, you know, I, I believe he respects him as a journalist. But, you know, my my thought was that sometimes, you know, you find uh, white people who are trying to relate to black people try to use their vernacular or try to use or banter with us uh, in order to be more relatable to us as a community. And that's what I thought uh, Vice President, former Vice President Biden was doing throughout this interview. And you especially saw that towards the end where that comment was made. You ain't black. And, uh, you know, some would say, well, what gives him what makes him the authority on uh, our ethnicity? What makes him the moral authority on who we are, the ethical police or the, 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 the racial police on on uh, on who we are as a community? What gives him the, 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 the authority to say that? And that, I believe, is what Jesse Jackson was saying in, in, in a sense. But. Uh, I don't believe that these comments are going to uh, hurt him in the long run because, again, we don't have, uh, you know, another candidate to defer to outside of the one on the other side of the aisle. And there is some truth, again, to what Biden said. I think it would not have been taken so severely if it was coming from another black person. If another black man was saying this uh, in an interview, you, you ain't black. If you voting for Trump, then it would not have been taken so uh, severely, severely, and uh, and 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 made um, um, such a big deal if it was one of a, a person of color that was making that statement. Uh, but because uh, this is a white man who's running for president telling us as a community how we're supposed to vote, then there there you have it. So there I can see why some people took umbrage with what he said. But I personally am not offended by it because I am one that do does not like Trump. And uh, I'm not the only one that doesn't like him and doesn't believe that he should be president. Uh, he's proven over and over and over again that he shouldn't be president. And 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 for me, when you hear someone disagree with or when you hear when you hear someone rather when you hear someone um in support of your disagreement of that person, 
then why are we taking why do we take so much offense to that because we all should be at a we all should be offended enough to the point where we, there shouldn't be any other need for us we shouldn't need any more motivation or influence to vote for Biden outside of the fact that he's better than Donald Trump uh and and that's why this whole notion of Biden still having to earn the black vote is such a problematic statement to make that you know we are going to do nothing but hurt ourselves if we continue with this narrative that he has to earn our vote for November in order for us as a community to vote for him so this kind of talk I think needs to stop now it really does and we need more African Americans that need to speak out about uh, how problematic and divisive these comments are and I think I've run across someone who I have a, a great deal of respect for a very knowledgeable incredible individual um, I follow on Instagram attorney Monique Presley uh, who uh, is always giving out good information about uh, what is going on in social uh, activism and uh, voting and, and, and speaking out regarding this issue that we're dealing with on tonight and she recently did an IG live where she addressed some of these concerns and I want to share a little bit of that with you during tonight's show take a listen so I would love to have a female black vice president that to me is only right and you all who follow me know exactly who I think that should be and not just because it's a female and not just because she's black but because she's the best person for the job she's the right choice but you hear me I am voting for Joe Biden like every single woman who's being considered for vice president is voting for Joe Biden and campaigning for Joe Biden, not because they want a position, but because they love this country, because they want better for us than the hot mess of an administration. I mean, the utter failure that we're dealing with now. So if Joe Biden wasn't your candidate, I get it. But what is your candidate doing? Whoever you were supporting, you supported them because you believed in their values, right? Because you believed in their leadership, right? Because you trust their vision, their guidance. What are they telling you to do? Are they telling you Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump? Are they telling you to be a single item voter in this election? Are they telling you that this is the time for us to state our demands and stick to it and threaten or else? Or are they throwing themselves fully behind this candidate? Because right now we are under attack. This ain't it, babies. We, we, we're, we're not at ease in Zion right now and we can't afford to be. And y'all know I'm churchy, so you know what that means. No, no, no. I mean, we can't be tripping like fantastic. We can't, we're not floating through, running through the grass and flowers. We are under attack. And the virus is not the enemy. The president is. An enemy to 
everything that we stand for into our very lives. Somebody had to force the man to put the flags at half staff because there had been no mention of the utter grief and devastation of our country while he's insulting people and bragging on the economy and threatening not to send aid to states that are trying to ensure that we have a a safe vote in November. He's just crime after crime after crime. But, But we're confused, really? We're torn, we're barely, we're on the fence about Joe Biden, are we? What fence are y'all on? Who has to die for it to matter? Does it have to be someone in our family? Who has to be mistreated? Who has to be killed, shot dead in the middle of the street? How many of us have to be under collective attack? How many poor? How many struggling middle class? How many disrespected does it take for us to know that absolutely anything is better than this? And I'm not saying that to say that Joe Biden is the low rung on the totem pole. He's highly qualified. He spent decades dedicated to public service for the United States. He was a superb vice president. And you know who else's opinion I trust? My for real only president right now, Barack Obama. And he's put his faith behind Joe Biden. So, um... That's enough for me in this season because I know that things were in a curve that was much better during that administration than this one. Our economy is tanked. Small business is struggling. And I don't say all of this for the doom and gloom of it, y'all. I mean, I believe in us. I bust out singing the other night on one of our late night sessions. We come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed us yet. But faith without works is dead, Churin. And our work in this season is to ensure that there are no apathetic voters that nobody's sitting on their hands, nobody's staying home, nobody's losing their ballot and forgetting to put it in the mail, nobody is betwixt two positions, nobody is standing on principle as we keep having the very low. So as you can see, guys, attorney Monique Presley laid out the case as uh, best she could as as the uh, dynamic uh, defense attorney that she is and uh, basically saying why we as a community need to coalesce behind the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, and make sure 
that he has enough uh, votes to beat Donald Trump in November. The fact that this uh, that Trump has done so much wrong and we're still yet on the fence about whether we're going to vote for this Democratic nominee that we have is is troublesome to me. Uh, Trump has seemed to have done enough wrong in my mind for me to not even it for, for it not to even be a concern of mine. Uh, who uh, that presumptive Democratic nominee is. And I'm not trying to say that I'm going to vote for anybody or that Joe Biden is anybody because I think he is qualified. And just as Monique Presley said so eloquently that uh, she's going to trust the man who chose the former vice president as his vice president, and that is former President Barack Obama. Uh, he is, if, if President Barack Obama has confidence and faith in Joe Biden's judgment, then what is wrong with you and I? If this man, the first African-American president of the United States, who is in many cases uh, the, the best president that we've ever had, uh, not just in my generation, but period, um, then why are we still yet questioning whether Joe Biden is worthy of this office when, um, you know, Trump has seemed to have done nothing positive in the three and a half years that he's he's been the occupant of the White House. So, guys, I think we need to start moving in that direction. And I agree with uh, Attorney Monique Presley that uh, Biden is going to um, to do uh, a better job than Trump. He's going to. Um, to do what's necessary to engage the black community. And I believe that his campaign manager, Simone Sanders, former CNN correspondent, journalist, uh, is going to have a come to Jesus meeting with Biden behind the scenes and and say, man, this is what you need to do to correct the, 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 the bad mistake you made with the comments, the you ain't black comments. And in and, and the future, when you're talking to black media, just be yourself, be professional. We as a community will appreciate you better if you are who you are with every other uh, media outlet that you interview and not try to banter and not try to be something that you are not, because that is something that we don't appreciate. Uh, that is something that we look at as artificial. That is something that we don't take seriously. Uh, and I think you'll be doing yourself more damage uh, when trying to reach out to us if you are nothing more than who you are. And that is what we are going to. That's who we're going to vote for in November. Not 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 based on how well you shucked and jive with uh, Charlemagne the God, but how you plan to address the problems that exist within our community when it comes to education, when it comes to the economy. When it comes to health care, when it comes to police brutality and the criminal justice system, when you check off all of those those things, when you check off the environment, all of those things that are that are pertinent and germane to our community, then and then I think you will have earned our vote 
in November. So that is my take on all of this. And I think we need to really focus on that as a community and not on these uh, tiresome uh, uh, criticisms uh, that are going to ultimately divide us in November. Because we cannot afford to, to have another uh, four years of the current occupant of the White House. We need to make sure that this is his last, his first and only term as the occupant of the White House. I'd love to get your thoughts and your feedback about all of this. Uh, you can again add us at TO World Radio host MSN. Leave us a comment on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show well guys we want to take our next break of the night when we come back we're continuing talking about the current occupant of the white house and his recent comments about demanding that the houses of worship reopen over this past weekend and what he decided to do don't go anywhere you're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. All-Pro football player Derek Mason on Jay-Z in the NFL. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. So I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who, if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation. 
to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just going to take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm identifying houses of worship as essential places that provide essential services. Some governors have deemed liquor stores and abortion clinics as essential, but have left out churches and other houses of worship. I call upon governors to allow our churches and places of worship to open right now. If there's any question, they're going to have to call me, but they're not going to be successful in that call. The governors need to do the right thing and allow these very important essential places of faith to open right now. If they don't do it, I will override the governors. In America, we need more prayer, not less. Church is still open. The building is closed. So while we're in this season, the church is still open. We're still worshiping. We're still doing ministry every week. And I thank God for it. But we will not return unto this building until the Lord himself wakes me up out of my sleep, slaps me three times, pours water from heaven on my face, and warms my feet with the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I have no choice but to jump out of my bed and say, yes, God. Until that moment happens, you don't have to call us. You don't have to email me. You don't have to DM me. We ain't coming back up in here until it is absolutely safe. We'll be back in here when the NBA opens. We'll be back in here when all the governor's mansions open for tours again. We'll be back in here when the White House opens again for visitation. Until then, until all of their stuff, and you know who there is, until their stuff opens up, none of our stuff will be opening up. Let the church say amen. Well, guys, we are back, and um, I hope you're enjoying our conversation and our discussion uh, on tonight. We started off talking about the You Ain't Black comments recently made by former Vice President Joe Biden, what our thoughts were about that in our last segment, as well as what some of, some other notable uh, African-Americans have been making regarding that as well. Um, but uh, in this segment on tonight, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the current occupant of the White House, Donald Trump's recent uh, demands that governors across the country reopen houses of worship because they've now considered by him as essential and the doors of the church need to be open. Uh, you heard his comments to open uh, the, the show, uh, open the segment, and uh, we also shared some 
some recent comments made by a pastor uh, who uh, basically rebutted the president's comments about opening or reopening the doors of the church during this global pandemic. And he's saying, in essence, that uh, we won't open our doors until the White House reopens theirs. We won't reopen their uh, our doors until the governors uh, uh, across the country open their doors. And I, I agree with him wholeheartedly that there has to be um, a better approach to uh, reopening uh, not just the houses of worship, but businesses, restaurants, reopening the country, the economy uh, during this global pandemic, because we don't want to uh, face another wave of this coronavirus. Uh, you know, there still is not a vaccine available for it yet. Uh, testing has become more available for individuals. I was just recently tested. Thank God. I uh, got a negative test back about uh, from my coronavirus, the COVID-19 test. And uh, but I just think that uh, we need to be, um, you know, better prepared, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, the corona, this coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus, uh, before we rush to reopen everything in our uh, economy, you know, our buildings, our churches, our places of worship and and restaurants and beauty salons and gyms and recreational areas over the weekend. We saw, uh, you know, people wanting to celebrate the memorial holiday, but they're on beaches and they're in in in, in places where, uh, you know, they're gathering in in large numbers, and it just seems to me like uh, we're not being responsible because this virus is has not been controlled. There's still people yet dying with this COVID-19 virus. There's still people yet being affected and impacted by uh, the, the the spread of this COVID-19 virus. So uh, I just think we're not being responsible enough when it comes to um, this global pandemic and reopening the churches and reopening uh, houses of worship across the country right now is not a responsible thing to do in Michigan, the governor has extended the stay-at-home order from um, May the 28th to June 12th. She did that because there was an increase in the number of COVID-19 cases. Just recently, the, COVID, uh, the New York Times posted uh, uh, every single name of uh, the individuals that have died because of the COVID-19 virus on their front page. It was a uh, remarkable, uh, you know, expression of the loss that this country has amassed because of this COVID-19 virus. The numbers are truly, truly amazing and incredible. There's no other way to put it. This 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 global pandemic has has changed the way uh, we look at everything and will be this way for some time. So. That being said, we have to be responsible about how we go back uh, to things. And, and there will not be business as usual when it comes to uh, us going back to our places of worship and our places of business and so on and so forth. 
keep in mind, I do agree that prayer is something that we do need. And that's something that the current occupant of the White House did say. But this is what he decided to do in lieu of his demands to reopen the houses of worship across the country. It's been reported uh, by CNN and other news outlets that the current occupant of the White House, instead of going to a house of worship on Sunday, as many people, uh, you know, uh, intended on doing on Sunday and uh, have done in the past, he decided to do what he likes to do, and that is to go golfing. That's right. He went golfing. And 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 it's one thing, you know, to 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 to, to say, you know, I want, you know, I'm demanding that the houses of worship open across the country. And uh and I will uh you know I, I will force or I will do everything in my power to make sure that happens and blah 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 blah. He does all of this this talking as as if he is the moral authority on Christianity now and religion. Uh and what does he do? He goes and he plays golf on Sunday when he very well should have been in church as the first citizen of this country, you know, trying to lead by example, or should be leading by example. But instead, he has done as he has done in the past, says one thing and does something else. And he's at least he's been at least he's been consistent <laughs> in, uh, in, in what he's what he's saying and what he's doing. So I, I, I find that very interesting and in fact CNN has reported you know they did an article on a fact check they call it fact check Trump has spent far more time at golf clubs than uh, Obama had at same point uh, it's interesting that you know uh, Trump is constantly criticizing or constantly criticized President Obama of golfing all the time and uh, always being on the golf, cl- golf course looking at trying to perfect his game and uh, and here uh this is what he has spent uh, a majority of his presidency on the golf course uh, criticized for golfing twice on a Memorial Day weekend during which the U.S. coronavirus death toll approached 100,000 people. President Donald Trump responded Sunday and Monday by drawing attention again to former President Barack Obama's golfing. This is what he said. Trump denounced the media, which he called sick with hatred and dishonesty for supposedly failing to mentioned that Saturday was his first time golfing in three months. Trump also accused the media of uh, failing to talk about the all t- talking about all of the time Obama spent on the golf course, often flying to Hawaii in a big fully loaded 747 to play. What did that do to the so-called carbon footprint? Oh, my God. Really? Give me a break. Give me a break. And and uh, again, Trump has, uh, you know, he's continuing to do what he does, but he's also uh, starting to get critics from uh, the so-called his so-called supporters that were with him starting out. One in one in uh, person is uh, Ann Coulter, who is 
uh, the female voice of the Republican Party, her and Laura Ingram, the right wing female voices of the Republican Party has now turned on her BFF, uh, <laughs> best friend forever. And Coulter turns on disloyal, actual retard Trump in Twitter ran, according to the rap uh, website. Uh, and Coulter went on this early Sunday morning Twitter uh, tear calling President Donald Trump the most disloyal, actual retard that has ever set foot in the Oval Office. Wow, really? The far-right media pundit and former Trump defender was triggered by the president's Friday tweet in which he called for Alabama voters to not trust Jeff Sessions and instead put their support behind Sessions. Republican Senate seat challenge challenger football coach Tommy Tuberville. Three years ago, after Jeff Sessions recused himself, the fraudulent Mueller scam began. Alabama, do not trust Jeff Sessions. He let our country down. That's what. That's why I endorsed Coach Tommy Tuberville, the true supporter of our uh, hashtag MAGA agenda. Trump tweeted. But Ann Coacher uh, went in a went on a uh, a, a Twitter tyrant uh, a tirade against her BFF or former BFF three years ago. A complete moron of a president told NBC's Lester Holt, "I was going to fire Comey when I decided to just do it." I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is is a made up story. Bam. Special prosecutor. <laughs> she goes on to say the, the, the most disloyal actual retard that has ever set foot in the office is trying to lose and take the Senate with him. Another Roy Moore fiasco so he can blame someone else for his own mess. She goes on to say Trump didn't build the wall and never had any intention of doing so. The one person in the Trump administration who did anything about immigration was Jeff Session, and this lout attacks him. <laughs> And culture's not done. She continues on. COVID gave Trump a chance to be a decent, compassionate human being, uh, uh, in parentheses, or pretending to be. But he couldn't even do that. Not done. She goes on to say the media is salivating over the former football coach Tommy Tuberville, uh, in parenthesis, choice of the most disloyal human God ever created. And Anne is still not done. She goes on to say. I will never apologize for supporting the issues that candidate Trump advocated, but I'm deeply sorry for thinking that this shallow and broken man should show even some remote fealty, uh, fealty to the promises that got him elected. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, you could take what she said for what it's worth because she is, um, uh, you know, not not she's not critiquing him from the point of view that many of us critique him as uh, she is uh, basically saying he's fallen short according to what her expectations of him uh, lead, uh, expectations of him were in building the wall in 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 uh, you know being you know 
uh, supporting the conservative Republican values and you know whatever whatever but uh, uh, so she is not uh, in a sense siding with us when we say when I say us us as a black community us as Democrats and our criticisms of him because uh, she does not share it that be interesting uh, to see who else uh, turns on him before it's all said and done well, guys, we want to take our next break of the night. When we come back, we're going to share with you some excerpts from our latest blog entitled Lessons from the Last Dance. You don't want to go anywhere, guys. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. What's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. We hope you are enjoying tonight's discussion of the You Ain't Black remarks, as well as Trump's demands to open houses of worship around the country and what he decided to do instead of going to church on Sunday himself. Right, exactly. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, you're more than welcome to leave us a comment on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or add us on Instagram and Twitter at TOL radio host MSN or TOL radio show. Love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. And speaking of thoughts and feedback, we had a couple comments regarding uh, our thoughts uh, from uh, Vice President's, uh, uh, former Vice President Biden's You Ain't Black remarks from C. Sadie. Uh, she said, basically, you said what Joe said, just with more elegant wording. Thank you, uh, Sadie. It's either something wrong with you or you ain't black. In parentheses, to me, it means you're not part of the struggle black people go through in America. Uh, and I agree totally with what you just said. And uh, Joyce Darlene uh, Bacot said, my sentiments, exactly. Something is seriously wrong. So we've gotten a couple people who chimed in already regarding uh, their comments uh, regarding what I said that I believe actually, uh, you know, Joe Biden's problem was with those remarks and not necessarily what he said, but how he said it. And that if another black person said that, uh, there probably wouldn't be as much backlash because he was really telling the truth in, in essence. Uh, but again, your thoughts and feedback t- uh, are very important to us. And you never know, we might uh, share them on our show. So feel free uh, to leave those comments and uh, we definitely will take the time to read them and possibly share them on the show. Well, in this segment on tonight, we are going to be talking about uh, a blog post uh, that we recently uh, posted on our uh, website, michaelnemons.com. Guys, we uh, post blogs all the time on michaelnemons.com. We encourage you to check out our website. A lot of great things to offer at michaelnemons.com, including two books, Vision, as well as Who Told You That You Were Naked. Very nominally uh, priced uh, and uh, great reads, especially during this time of quarantine. So we highly recommend you stop by there and check those books out. But um, we have a great blog that we wrote just recently regarding our thoughts. Uh, We call it uh, Lessons uh, from the Last Dance. Uh, Of course, this was the 10-part documentary series that was produced by ESPN and Netflix. that was uh, that aired over the past these past five weeks on ESPN at 9 p.m. Uh, on Sundays, and uh, it was just a tremendous, uh, uh, tremendous documentary. We thoroughly enjoyed it so much so that we wanted to sit down and put our thoughts uh, on the web and share them with uh, those who uh, take the time periodically to read our blog. So. The, the the blog itself uh, starts off by talking about one of the first takeaways from the life lessons of uh, from the last dance, and that was leading by example. Um, there is no question that Michael Jordan was the undeniable and unquestioned leader of not just the Chicago Bulls team, but I would argue the entire Bulls organization. The sun rose and set on this iconic sports legend as he led this, this Bull organization to 
to heights unknown. Even though Jerry Cross contended that no man is more important than the organization, and we heard him say that during this documentary several times, and uh, in many cases, Jerry Cross was kind of looked at as the bad guy uh, in all of this because, um, you know, it seemed like Jerry Cross um, was not just the uh, creator or the author of bringing this team together, but he was also responsible for their demise in some respects because, um, you know, he made it clear opening up the uh, 97, uh, the 98 season, 97, 98 season that no matter you know how many games they won they could go 82 win they could go 82 and 0 and Phil Jackson the coach would not be coming back and uh despite you know what how Michael Jordan felt about uh you know what Krause said or this um, or I should say despite what Michael Jordan felt about his career tenure as a player for the Chicago Bulls he was left with the decision uh to make whether to uh you know stay with the Bulls and play for another coach or to leave the Bulls and don't play for them ever again um and so he decided of course that he was not going to play for another coach um, in the Chicago Bulls uniform, that Phil Jackson was his man, that was his coach, and if Phil was leaving, then Mike was leaving. And uh, it was kind of, the the season in some respects was kind of anticlimactic because uh, you, you already knew that Michael wasn't coming back. And... At the end of the 98 season, the documentary showed that once they won it, that the Bulls owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, reached out to Phil Jackson and offered him uh, a contract extension in spite of what Jerry Cross, Cross had said. And Phil still said that um, he was not going to take the offer, which uh, basically you know, cemented Michael's decision to leave the Bulls franchise at that point as well. But I I, I, I say all that to say that um, Jerry Krause, again, was looked at as the bad guy, and he thought uh, that the team or the organization was more important than the person uh, or one player. But we all know that Michael Jordan made the Bulls what they were uh, that if you were to take Michael Jordan out of the equation that um, it would be a very different Bulls organization I believe and I'm sure you would agree um, but uh, leading by example of course is the, the, the one of the takeaways um, from uh, uh, from the, this last uh, last dance documentary, and I say that because Michael never uh, uh, asked or challenged uh, his teammates to do anything that he was not willing to do himself. Um, the example that I gave in uh, this blog. Uh, when his teammates began to witness some of his game time heroics uh, after Michael re, uh, f- uh, first when he first came to the league 
his basketball acumen is what ultimately translated into MJ, the leader of the Chicago Bulls. The coach and the players began to defer to him because they trusted his ability to not just play well, but lead them to victory. In fact, there was a moment during a team game or during a game against a team the Bulls would lose to pretty consistently, and I'm not exactly sure what it, I think it might have been Portland or it might have been New York at the time. Not sure. Nonetheless, Michael, during one of the team uh, timeouts, told the team and the coach that he was not going to let them lose this game. And I believe MJ put up something like 36 points to lead his team to victory. One of the lessons that I gleaned from this was you have to be willing to step up and do what it takes to lead your team to victory, whatever team that you're leading. Your team has to have the confidence in your ability to deliver. In Michael's case, his basketball skills were so far above everyone else's on the team that his skills alone is what made him the team leader. On the court, it was his basketball skills that got the attention of not just his opponents, but his teammates. However, in your life, you have to find whatever it is that you do well and use that to carve out a niche for yourself. Find that thing that you do better than anyone else and use that to elevate yourself above your peers. I think that's so very important that we have to understand that we all were created uh, on purpose, for purpose, by purpose. And that no one is on this planet by accident or by happenstance, but everybody is here for a divine plan and a divine purpose. And uh, and God uh, knows what that purpose is for you. And it's highly recommended that if you want to know what your purpose is, that you have to get close to the one who created you. It's so very important that we have a relationship with the one that created us. And in doing so, we'll find out exactly why we were created. Also, uh, the the second um, uh, very important uh, theme that uh, we got from or lesson that we got from uh, the last dance, we called it commit to being challenged, commit to being challenged. Uh, we start off by saying one thing is for sure. Michael Jordan was the was committed to the game of basketball. He was fully vested in the game that brought him so much notoriety and fame. Michael's commitment to his craft is what was attractive to his teammates as well. Another word for commitment is passion. It's definitely safe to say that Michael was passionate about winning and he was passionate about what it takes to win. There was a moment in the documentary where Michael kind of got a bit emotional about how he was portrayed in some cases as a bully or a dictator in practices and games with his teammates. And he says something like, when people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant, but that's you. Because you never won anything. And so this statement right here really struck me as well as many others because, um, you know, it, it, it almost sounded like a statement of arrogance, but it was a statement of truth because at the end he said, you've never won anything. So what credibility do you have in the final analysis? Uh, you know, when people say this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. He said, but that's you. 
because you've never won anything. Uh, the conversation changes drastically when you have six rings to account for your success. So, uh, you know, I went on to say, and not only did he say it, but he got emotional behind it as well. In fact, in fact, I think that was in uh, episode five or seven. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I got to go back and watch him. But um, he got emotional. In fact, I think he had to, you know, stop the tape at one point because, uh, you know, of how he felt he was being misportrayed or misinterpreted by others because of how passionate he was about winning. Um, there's also a point uh, in... in um, Early on in uh, the documentary where the Bulls were consistently losing to the Detroit Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, you know, I, I write about that, too. It says, I remember going back to when the Detroit Pistons beat the Bulls back in 1990 for the second straight time in the Eastern Conference Finals to advance to the NBA Finals to play the Los Angeles Lakers. And despite Michael's optimism going into the series, they still ended up losing to them a second time in a row. He congratulated the Pistons players, walked off the court, headed to the locker room to change and get on the bus. Again, this is demonstrative of his passion for the game. According to the documentary, Michael cried on the back of the bus. His passion for the game showed through his emotions and how disappointed he was that for the second straight time, he and his team would not get past the Pistons. For some, this could have been another moment to quit and give up. It could have been the moment where you recess into mediocrity and resolve to only get so far and expect to be defeated at some point by a better opponent. But that wasn't Michael Jordan. When the team arrived back in Chicago, MJ had already made up in his mind that he was so committed to the team. He was so committed to the game of basketball. He was so focused on winning that he was willing to forego a summer worth of vacation and relaxation with family and friends to begin a workout regimen with he and his teammates that will make them a more formidable and competitive opponent next season. I remember B.J. Armstrong talking about that moment and how laser, laser focused uh, not just Michael Jordan was, but his teammates were as well. And, and it was that commitment, it was that challenge to being committed that actually allowed them to, to transcend or go to another level in their basketball play and ultimately uh, beat the Detroit Pistons uh, in 1991 and advanced to their first and NBA finals. Not only did finals. they advance to their first finals, but they beat the Los Angeles Lakers to win their franchise's first ever NBA championship. And that's what it takes, uh, you know, being committed to being challenged. Commit to being challenged. You have to commit yourself to take whatever you do to the next level. And I think that was so very important and definitely something that stood out for me in watching the Last Dance 10 Part documentary. And the third and final uh, lesson that we share in our blog entitled Lessons from the Last Dance is losses are lessons. Losses 
our lessons. Uh, we start off by saying a running theme throughout the entire 10-part documentary for me was determination. MJ was determined to take his game and his team as far as possible. And no matter what obstacle or adversity they would face, MJ was determined to overcome it. And I kind of view determination as the fuel that drives the car. In the case of Michael Jordan, his gift and his talent for the game of basketball could be viewed as the car and his motivation and fierce competitive nature was and is determination. In my view, there was no greater competitor in the league than Michael Jordan. For me, there was that was the one thing that I believe separated MJ from LeBron in the greatest of all time debate. I just think that LeBron, LeBron wasn't as fierce a competitor as Michael when it's all said and done. MJ was the only player that had the ability to wheel a game to victory. And we've seen it happen time after time after time. We've also seen LeBron try to, you know, put the game on his shoulder. And sometimes he was successful. And there were times where he was not. He deferred. He passed the ball. You know, when you are the, uh, you know, the favorite, when you are the superstar on your team, you should be the one that has the, you know, that take the last shot. You should be the one, you know, that the team defers to and not the other way around. And that was the one thing that kind of soured me on LeBron when it came to, you know, some of his basketball heroics. You know, he would look to the other, look to his teammates where, you know, and, and um, you know, that's why I always felt like it wasn't a fair comparison of to put him on the same par or put him, compare him to Michael Jordan and position wise because you know LeBron is a passer like uh, Magic Johnson a point forward like Magic Johnson where Michael Jordan was a shooting guard and maybe a better comparison for LeBron would be Magic Johnson and not Michael Jordan a different MJ so to speak so um, you know that that's where we differ and I, you know I don't know maybe you're listening tonight and you, you agree or disagree with, with that assessment but I don't believe that, that uh, you know LeBron is on par with Michael Jordan when it comes to you know their competitive nature I think Mike is a more fierce competitor and the closest one to Mike in my mind is Kobe Bryant you know he was the one that, that kind of followed in Mike's footsteps the closest and um, you, of course Kobe has made it clear that you know Mike was the one he emulated and and uh, you know you can see that in this game it's, you know it was clear who he was playing like who he you know who was his his mentor so to speak um and that's you know part of it but um we talk about losses being lessons in uh in this blog and in life that is the type of bulldog tenacity that you and i have to have when we set out to accomplish anything we cannot let anything or anybody stop us from reaching our goal um mike constantly challenged himself uh, but there were times when uh you know you felt he fell short um and uh, this is where 
your losses have to become your lessons. It's also a determined person that's able to learn from their failures and their mistakes or setbacks. When your losses become lessons, you have truly become a determined person and nothing and nobody can ever stop you. When you're able to learn from your mistakes, they, they immediately become teachable moments that will help you to propel you, help propel you to the next level. But it is only when you look at your setbacks and failures as insurmountable, then you become the casualty of your adversary. You become the spoils of your conqueror. And this is not the character of a true leader. This is not who we were destined to be. This is not who God saw us, saw when we when he sat down at the drafting board of time and created each and every one of us. He saw greatness in our future. He saw destiny and purpose for our lives. That's not to say that we would not face adversity. That's not to say that we wouldn't face challenges and even some setbacks. But we should not allow those setbacks or failures to define who we are. First Peter 2 and 9 declares, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Uh, going to say I'm sure if we ask Michael he would tell you that he learned more from those losses than he did in the many victories that he had because it was in those losses that his basketball acumen was really challenged it was in those losses that he realized he needed to reach a little bit further a little bit higher it was in those losses that he needed that he realized he needed more than himself to get to the next level And sometimes those losses allows us the opportunity to look at ourselves introspectively and transparently to see our flaws up close and personal, to see where we fall short and most importantly, what we need to do to get better. The Greek philosopher Plato surmised the unexamined life is not a life worth living. Losses affords us the opportunity to see ourselves that way. These are just three of many, many more, I'm sure, uh, lessons that could be learned from this great documentary as produced by ESPN and will be available July 19th on Netflix. So those that are excited about revisiting this uh, last dance uh, documentary, uh, you know, you certainly can do so uh, July the 19th and watch it from start to finish. I'm sure I know I will again because it was a powerful documentary with a lot of great insights into uh, not just the life of Michael Jordan, but the but the entire Bulls organization. Very informative, very insightful. And again, it inspired us to write this blog. And I encourage uh, you to go out and read it for yourself. We just wanted to cover a little bit of it. There's much more much more in there uh, that you can pull from uh, this blog there uh, on our website michaelnemis.com we've got a lot of great blogs there uh, that we have written in the past and we encourage you to go check them out as well well guys we're going to take our last break of the night and when we come back we're going to give you our comedic thought of the week from comedian Alton Walker is your food good Don't go anywhere, guys. This is Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. I know times are tough. We have a lot going on right now. This is uncharted territory. But remember, God is still in control. I'm radio host Michael Nemes with a word of encouragement just for you. 
we're going to get through this together. Let's remember those who are on the front lines tackling this virus head on. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. You are the real heroes. And to those who've lost loved ones because of the virus, we are still yet praying for you. Those who tested positive for the virus, this is not your end. You are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. Let's do what we can to stay positive, stay connected, stay home, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay safe. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. Uh, I was reading something the other day and it's it's interesting. Uh, It's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to to really speak truth to power, but also to, to... speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that in many cases they live in the crosshairs of society. And we can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran, and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time, and that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time. Time. Tonight, we thought we would switch things up a bit, and in the spirit of Memorial Day, in, in light of all the great food that uh, we ate on yesterday, uh, that we would switch things up a bit and uh, give you a comedic thought of the week. You know, I'm sure we all had some great food, some ribs, some steak, and lamb, and salmon, and all of that great stuff that goes along with it, but there was also some people that didn't eat as good. <laughs> so tonight we want to bring you a thought of the week from comedian Alton Walker. It's a sermon he calls Is Your Food Good? Take a listen. It's Memorial Day weekend and on tonight I want to talk about your food. All right. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. Is your food good? Is your food good? Oh, you see, the Bible says <laughs> the feast of the Lord uh-huh. is going on. I just stopped by to tell you, don't be inviting people over your house if your feast ain't good. Got the nerve to have your cat walking around in the kitchen. You got the nerve to rub your dog and go back in the kitchen and start making my food. You're nasty. God ain't pleased. I done ate one wing and now I got the bubble guts. You can't cook. And somebody need to tell you, I know it's grandmama. I know grandmama been cooking for years. But somebody need to tell her, these last 30 years, your food has been nasty. Somebody need to say it before she leave him and meet the Lord in the hell. Can you imagine you get up to heaven and your grandmama nasty food is the feast that God was talking about in the Bible. And I see your grandmama and that nasty dog. Did he say all dogs go to heaven? Your grandmama still petting that dog. Going in the, in the kitchen of heaven. Making the feast to the Lord. Lord help me. Help the Lord. Nasty dog. In the heavenly kitchen. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. 
made no potato salad. Your potato salad is nasty. You don't put too much mustard in it. Why you got all that mustard in it? It's not a mustard salad. It's a potato salad. But you got the nerve to talk about something. If you have the size of a mustard seed, you don't put all that mustard in that potato salad. You nasty fool. God said he wanted to prepare, prepare the feast of the Lord is going on. Yes, God. And your feast ain't godly. Yes. It ain't nothing holy about your food. Oh, my God. You should be ashamed of yourself if you allow it going in your house. Yes, sir. But as in me and my house, my house will serve yes. good food. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, as a man of my house, we gon' serve the Lord, but we also gon' serve good food. You can't say you you a servant of God if your food nasty. People done turned away from the Lord because of your food. People done turned away from the Lord because of your potato salad. And God ain't pleased. enjoyed that comedic thought of the week from comedian Alton Walker you can follow him on Instagram at Alton Walker show uh, he has a lot of great material on there he also does a uh, Friday night live with Dr. E. Dewey Smith pastor of uh, the House of Hope in Atlanta Georgia on YouTube it's called it's funny to me you can look that up on YouTube guys they have a wonderful time a funny time hilarious time every Friday Friday night. They've been doing it all throughout this quarantine period, so feel free to look them up, and I guarantee you're going to have a blast. And we thank Reverend Alton Walker for that funny comedic sermon for tonight's thought of the week. Well, guys, that was our show. We hope you enjoyed tonight's discussion talking about You Ain't Black comments from uh, former Vice President Joe Biden and uh, also uh, talking about uh, Trump's recent demands uh, to open the house of worship and what he decided to do on this past Sunday. And finally, talking about our latest blog, uh, uh, Lessons from the Last Dance. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. We truly appreciate you taking some time tonight to uh, listen to us and to uh, hopefully enjoy the show. Uh, remember, market calendars for next Monday, June the 1st, guys. This is definitely 
an event you do not want to miss. We talked about it at the start of the show, the state of Christian hip hop. If you are a lover of his of, of Christian hip hop, a fan of this genre of music, you do not want to miss this. It's going to be a live event that we are hosting along with my good friend uh, Ty Scott King, poet and lyricist, and a number of uh, the genre's best and brightest voices. Uh, they're going to be joining us on this coming Monday, June the 1st at 8 p.m. on our rebranded YouTube channel, uh, Thinking Out Loud TV. Guys, it's going to be an awesome event, and we got some great things in store, so be sure to check that out. Well, guys, again, I thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN or on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Or you can drop us a line at contact at michaelnemis.com or leave us a comment right from our official show page at michaelnemons.com. Guys, there's a lot of ways to keep in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Well, we're going to have another great show in store for you next week, but until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the thinking now live radio show thanks for listening show if you like the show be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more info about the show and the ministry visit michaelnemons.com want to book radio host michael nemons for your next special event send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com tune in every tuesday at 8 p.m for the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you